Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. This is episode 32 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and it's great to be back with you. Thank you for listening. Last week, it looks like we had some new listens, so I appreciate you getting out there and keep on getting the word out, and when you think about it, share on your social media. Remember, you are helping people to have an opportunity to grow in their faith when they listen, and really, that's why we designed this podcast, so that you could do that. This is a great and straightforward way to get the word out about the word of God, so when you finish listening this week, share it. Pastor Tom, if there's a place in the world that I've wanted to travel to, I would have to say it'd be the Holy Land. To you know, to walk where Jesus walked, it it really just touches my heart, and and I felt like I was there with the group of thirty four. You know, y'all shared so much about where you were, and I just can't wait to hear how the Lord opened your heart while you were in the Holy Land. Yeah, so we have not sat across from each other in this room in a yeah. couple of weeks because I was gone. We took yeah, a group of thirty four right. people to to Israel and had a wonderful time. We're going to talk about that for a few minutes. When we left, we left you in charge. I know. That was scary. You were the only full-time pastor who was here because I took everybody else with me. How (laughs) how did it feel to be left behind? Well, left behind wasn't the issue. It was a little little (laughs) freaky, knowing that there was no... uh there was no barrier, nothing to uh, fall back on. You were you were but, the uh, guy. You were it. And it, it wasn't that bad. No, the the yeah, deacons yeah. did step up. I will good, give them good, very good, good credit. Good, they good. did a lot of work, I mean, and I appreciate it. you were it. a lead pastor for over 20 years. So you kind of know what you're doing. Yeah. You, you were okay. I, yeah, I didn't. Uh, there was no issues. Thank the Lord. Yeah, and you We were just kind of sailed through. Right, right. And you were able to preach while I was gone. I, was, and, I preached. I sure now did. You, you, as a lead pastor, you preached every single Sunday for years. Mm-hmm. So what's it like not to do that anymore? That is uh, that is probably the most difficult thing. Yeah. But uh, you, you miss know, it, I, don't you? I do. Yeah. I do. And I love to do it. And um, just one of those things. And I appreciate any opportunity that, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm given, with, especially uh, from you, but also from other places, you know, like our youth ministry lets me preach and other things. So I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I preached about 2,200 sermons in my life. And, uh, it's a lot of preaching. Yeah. <laughs> Someday I'll get there. Someday I will get there. Yeah, you're a lot better than me. But no, anyway, I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah, I do. Well, I'm just thankful that while we were away, the church didn't fall apart. You know, Amen. Thank you for keeping it together, man. Amen. Well, you did a great job. Well, thank you. I do appreciate you and appreciate your uh, steadfastness while we were away. Yes. Yes, you did I a good was job. Here. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Israel. Yeah, man. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, so so I've had the opportunity now to go to Israel on several occasions, and it's been a blessing. And I just want to you know, put this out on the table as we begin the conversation. You don't need to go to Israel to have a relationship with Jesus, do you? No. You no. Don't. And you don't even need to go to Israel to understand the Bible. Well, that's true. Right? Because we believe that because we're followers of Jesus, um, the Spirit of God lives within us. Mm-hmm. And the Spirit of God is the one who teaches us and helps us to understand His Word. So you can understand Scripture without ever stepping foot in Israel, and that's a good thing. You don't have to go to Israel to be a better Christian. Wow. Right? Yeah. Because the Spirit lives within you, and you are, are in a local church, and you you can be discipled, and so you don't have to go to Israel to be a better Christian. But you know what? 
it's a great experience. Mm-hmm, I can imagine. To go and to, like you said, be in the place where Jesus lived and ministered and to walk in his steps is a really cool experience. And and I'll tell you this, while you don't have to go to Israel to uh, know Jesus, to be a better Christian, even to understand the Bible, it does help you understand the Bible in some ways, right? Yeah, because you're there I, and you, you, you understand the context of where it happened a little bit better. Yeah, you know, just things like I've heard, people don't understand how close things are. Yeah. Israel yeah. is a very close. It's a, you know, it's, it's smaller than the state of New Jersey. Did you yeah. know that? I don't think I did, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it makes sense. But It's yeah. a really small country. And, and, and so, you know, while you don't have to go to Israel to be a better Christian or to understand the Bible, I mean, or any of those things, it, it does give you some context. Mm-hmm. And for me, I know it's been super beneficial. And so my recommendation, because I know there are people who are listening uh, to this podcast who will never have the opportunity to take a trip to go mm-hmm. to Israel for, mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. Maybe physically you're not able or financially you just, you just can't get the resources together to take an, it's an expensive trip, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I get that. But I would suggest that, that even if you never have the opportunity to go to Israel, that you learn about it. Oh, right? yeah. When you were in seminary, you took some classes on you know, geography, and so you, you took some did. of those classes, yeah. and it helps you to understand a little bit more about where Jesus came from. And mm-hmm. so, man, we have all kinds of resources. There are certainly books you can read about Israel that help you to understand the time and the context mm-hmm. in which Jesus lived. Man, YouTube is a great resource for learning about Israel. I don't know if you knew that or not, but there, there are lots of videos. There uh, are, are several different YouTube channels that are devoted to Israel and, that's and great. show you that's the sites, yeah. and that's really that's really helpful and so mm-hmm. there's all kinds of resources out there if you never get to go to the holy land you can at least learn about the land a little bit and i think those things do help you in your understanding about where jesus came from and mm-hmm. what it was like so yeah but we want to talk about the experience we did have in israel because over the years the times i've been able to go to israel i have learned a lot and so i want to talk about those lessons i've learned from my travels in israel yeah i think we can uh, get four lessons from your trip to israel and uh, the first that you wrote down was Jesus was a real person. Yeah. Now, obviously, because that that's central to our Christian faith. But but think about this, Trey. Okay. Um, you have in your mind a mental image of what Israel looks like, don't you? Mm-hmm. You've right never now. been there. But I have but never if I say the Sea of Galilee, an image pops in your head. It right? does. Yes. If I say you know the Garden of Gethsemane, mm-hmm. an image pops in your head. Where did that image come from? Uh, most of the time the movies <laughs> from movies yeah. or, you know, pictures, pictures you've, seen, you've seen on the internet or, or sometimes the image just comes from our imagination. We imagine what it might look like. We imagine what the Sea of Galilee looks like or the Jordan river looks like, or Gethsemane looks like, or Golgotha looks like we have all these images that just pop up because of our imagination thinking mm-hmm. about it. It's like, you know, when you read a book, when you read a, a piece of fiction, right. And you're reading about characters in a story, there's images that pop in your mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about the Bible and we read the stories of scripture, there are images that our imagination conjures up. And so we all have those images in our mind. And so when, when we were in Israel this last time, just a couple weeks ago, uh, somebody on the trip said this. As, as that person was just observing the land, the person said, man, this is a real place. Wow. And it, it just, is. It, they had an epiphany Yeah, it's it, a yeah. real place because it's almost like you think of Israel. It's like, you know, in some ways, you might imagine it kind of like Disney World. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is larger than life and these big grand images. When you think about, for example... Jesus on the Sea of Galilee calming the storm. You have this grandiose image in your mind of what the Sea of Galilee looked like, and then you're there. It's just a lake, <laughs> right? I mean, it's pretty, yeah, but it's not even a big lake. Yeah, you know, we, the Sea of Galilee, it just sounds so big because we call it a sea, but it's not a sea at all. It's just a small lake. 
out in the middle of nowhere. Man. You know? And so you, you all of a sudden get an image in your mind and then you see the real thing like, oh, it is a real place. It's honestly not that significant. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's pretty. But honestly, there are much more beautiful lakes across the world than the Sea of Galilee. Mm-hmm. Or, or you see the Jordan River. And I don't know what you think of when you think of the Jordan River, but you think about the story banks of the Jordan, right? Remember the story in, oh, yeah. in the book of Joshua, when Joshua led his people across the Jordan River, and it was flooding and all those kinds of things. And then you actually see the Jordan? It's not that impressive. <laughs> I mean, it's like in some places, literally, Trey, I, mean, I kid you not, in some places it looks like a little stream. My gracious. I mean, it's just not what you would imagine in your mind's eye, right? You go to other places. You go to... Um, for example, the, um, the, the, the desert in the Judean desert. And it, it's just not what you might imagine. Hmm. And so what you see when you are there, you see reality that, you know, Bethlehem, it's a, and I, I don't mean anything, you know, negative by this, but it's, it's like a dirty town. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you go to Jerusalem and it's, chaotic and crazy and all these places that you read about in the bible you go and actually see them and you see the dust on the streets and you see the this small sea and you see the you know uh, river that looks like a stream and you're like this is it like this is where it happened but you're reminded that it's just a real place you're seeing the sights and uh, you know, one thing that always gets to me in the cities is the smell. Yeah. You know, I mean, you hear, you smell smells, the smells yeah. and, you know, it's not, it's not perfumed. Yeah. It's not frankincense yeah. and myrrh, yeah. you know, yeah. and I think yeah. we have this mistaken mentality. Yeah, so we have this, these idealized on. images in our mind about how, man, how just gorgeous and how wonderful and how majestic this place is. And it really is a beautiful place. I enjoy going. I enjoy seeing it. It's a neat place, but you know. It's like Charleston. It's, it's a just real a place. place. Yeah, it's a real place. Mm-hmm. But just I place. think for me, going and seeing that it's a real place is certainly a reminder that Jesus came to a real world. Mm-hmm. He was a real person in a real world in a real place, right? And that really is central to our faith, understanding that the God of all creation loved us enough that he would come to a real place to save us. Mm-hmm. He would come to a real uh, area like the area of Galilee. He would come to a real city like Jerusalem and die on a cross. I mean, so... so when I go to Israel and I am there in that place, it's just a vivid reminder to me that, you know what? This isn't a story that was made up. It's not an, an idealized, you know, location. Uh, it was a real place. And Jesus is a real person who lived in this real place 2,000 years ago and died for me and rose again for me. You know, I, I, I was talking to my wife and I was saying, you know, uh, Israel is probably the original tourist uh, destination yeah. from thousand years ago, you know, it was like a, I don't want to say tourist trap, but that type idea where it was designed for people to come and see a part of it. So how does the reality of it versus what they have done to it make a difference? Do you think? Yeah. Let's get to lesson number two. Okay. I'll do that. We'll talk about that. All right. So you ready? Jesus was a real person. Number two. Jesus was more than a real person. Yeah. So Jesus was a real person. I think when you go to mm-hmm. Israel, you're reminded of that because it's an ordinary place. Mm-hmm. But you're also reminded very clearly that Jesus was more than a real person. Yeah. Right? Because you think about it, you have, like you said, uh, all these sites that we see in the Bible, whether it's Gethsemane, whether it's Golgotha, whether it's, you know, the Kidron Valley, all these things we read, read about in Scripture. Now, people from all over the world go to this place. Mm-hmm. To see these sites. When I talked to our group, we, we gathered together every night after we toured each day, and we, we kind of debriefed on what we saw. And, and I said to them, 
and and I mean this in in you know, I, I, when I say this, it's going to sound kind of odd. In some ways, you know, Israel's like Graceland. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you think about Graceland, Elvis. I mean, yeah. people just want to go be a part of it and see right. something, right? In some ways, Israel feels like that because you have over the course of a year, four million people go to Israel to see something, right? Mm. Right, because there was something significant about Jesus. Now, Jesus is far more significant than Elvis. Right, oh, yeah. he is the real king. But you think about it, man. You, we, we went to the Church of the Nativity, mm-hmm. and so the Church of the Nativity is in Bethlehem. It is the site uh, that that marks the place where Jesus was born. Mm-hmm. We waited in line for over an hour. To, to, to see the place that they've marked as the, and we don't know if it's the exact place Jesus was born. I mean, uh, but it's the site they have marked as the place Jesus was born. There's a, there's a, a 14 point star that lies there and you can go down and touch it. And that's supposedly the spot where Jesus was born, but it took us an hour to get to that spot where Jesus was born and touch that star. Wow. Yeah. What our, our guide told us is that just a few weeks earlier, a line wrapped around that church, you know, and the line was so deep Great. that you had to wait in line for over four hours to oh, touch boy. that spot. My right? Heavens. But you think about it. I mean, people from all over the world go to that place because they believe that Jesus was a person, but that he was more than a person, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what happened in history, Trey, is that that you might remember the name Constantine. Constantine was yes. the Roman emperor who legalized Christianity. Well, his mother was the one who started making pilgrimages to the Holy Land because of her faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And when she went to the Holy Land uh, to, to visit uh, the place where Jesus lived, she you know, gathered local Christians together and asked, hey, where did these things happen? Where in Bethlehem exactly was Jesus born? And, and where exactly was Golgotha and those kinds of things? And, 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 and so uh, local believers helped her to find these spots. And so what happened is they started building churches over these spots. And so it's really weird. You'll go to Israel and there's churches everywhere that m- mark these spots. There's a church of the Annunciation that marks the spot where uh, Gabriel appeared to Mary. There's the, the church of the Nativity that I just told you about where you go to see where Jesus was born. There's a church at the shepherd's field Wow! that really? marks the spot where the shepherds saw the angel when, when the angel announced the birth of Jesus. There's a church of the Holy Sepulcher where uh, marks a spot where Jesus was, was, was crucified and then rose again. There's a church to everything you can think about, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they built churches in, in part to preserve those spots. And so now you've got just millions of people a year that go to these places to commemorate what happened in those spots. It's really interesting. But all that to say, people go there because they believe. Mm-hmm. They believe there's something significant about this man named Jesus who lived there, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild. It's crazy. And, and you know what? I mean, you can kind of experience it. For example, there's a site, Trey, uh, called Caesarea Philippi. Mm-hmm. You, you, you've read about Caesarea yes, Philippi. Yeah. And, and you know the significant thing that happens at Caesarea Philippi. In Mark chapter 8, um, on the way to Caesarea Philippi, Jesus asked his disciples a crucial question. Who do people say that I am? And when he asked that crucial question, they, they have some different answers. And then Peter says what? He said, thou art the Christ, the yeah. son of the living God. So this is what's so, so interesting. As you're walking towards Caesarea Philippi, you can see it yourself. Is there's this, this rocky mountain in the distance, right? And in this rocky mountain are carved all of these um, um, places in the mountains that were places of worship to idols. Wow. 
It's crazy. You can see it there today. And that's what's so significant about going to Caesarea Philippi is you see it in the mountain. You see these carvings of, of, of ancient places of worship to false gods in the mountain. And so you can kind of picture it in your mind's eye as Jesus is walking towards Caesarea Philippi, a place that was known for idolatry. And, and the way they, they uh, worshipped in those days is that when you built a temple to a foreign god, when you built a place of worship, you built it high up, mm-hmm. right? It was elevated. High places. A high place, right? Mm-hmm. That your eyes went to that. And so Jesus is, is, is walking with his disciples. Their eyes are looking up to all these idols that, that you know, the people worshipped in Caesarea Philippi. A perfect time for Jesus to ask the question, who, who am I? Exactly. I am the real God. I am the real right? one. You see all these gods around you. Your eyes are looking at them right now. They're nothing. I'm the true God, right? And so when you're there in that land and you see those kinds of places, it's like, oh, I get it. Yeah, I understand what Jesus was saying in Mark chapter 8 when he was uh, speaking to his disciples. And, 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 and now that I'm here, yeah, without a doubt, he, is, he really is God, right? You go somewhere like the Garden of Gethsemane and you're there and you think about you know, what took place in the Garden of Gethsemane. As you're there in that place where Jesus prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Man, there's something significant about this man. And so the Holy Land for me is a reminder that Jesus is a real person, but he's also more than a real person. He is God who has he's come God to rescue Almighty. us. Amen. So uh, Jesus was a real person, more than a real person. And then I think that leads straight into what we were just talking about. Number three, people from all over the world worship Jesus. Yeah, that's crazy. Four million people a year go to Israel. And if you were to take a trip over there, Trey, and maybe someday you'll have the opportunity to do so, what will stick out to you is just the diversity that exists in that place. Mm-hmm. While we're there, we, we met people from, from you know, different countries in Africa. We met lots of, of people from uh, Korea, China, Singapore, uh, you know, just people from all over the world, a lot of Europeans, you know, we saw Russians, uh, man, people from all over the world come to this place mm. because they're convinced that something significant happened in this place. And it just goes to show you a good reminder for us is, is just how far the gospel has traveled all across the world. From that little spot. From this little spot <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, a country that's smaller than the state of New Jersey, something so significant happened there that now people from all over the world want to come and just see the place where this man lived and died and rose again. To me, that's fascinating. And so you're there in this place, and we want to go see it, but, man, people from all over the world flock to this place because they want to experience for themselves this land where Jesus lived and died and rose again. And this place has become, you know, what uh, Isaiah prophesied, a light to the Gentiles. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because, I mean, most of the people that are going there are Gentiles. Absolutely. I mean, of course, Jews go there as well, but yeah, yeah, so yeah. many of them are Gentiles coming yeah. to see where Jesus absolutely. walked. And, and then you're reminded and, while you're there of what it will be like one day mm. when there's a new Jerusalem, wow. right? You can talk about it in the book of Revelation where when when John has a vision of the new Jerusalem coming down and 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 God dwelling uh, in a, a new earth, right? People from every tribe, every tongue and every nation will be gathered together to worship the God of all creation. And, and you get a little taste of that when you're in Israel. And then the and the cool thing about that verse is that, you know, the significance of Jerusalem and Israel becomes real mm. when now this place has become huge. Yeah, yeah, It absolutely. is actually huge, and it fills the earth. That's right. You know, that's so. exactly right. Uh, that's, that's, exactly uh, right. that's interesting. Yeah, it's just really cool to, again, be there and to see the just, world come yeah. to this place. And, 
Yeah. And you got chill bump right now just talking about it. And then you, know? you see the different expressions of worship. Like mm. you'll go to some of these different places. You'll go to, for example, um, you know, the Garden of Gethsemane, and you'll hear believers praying in different languages, or you'll mm. go somewhere like Caesarea Philippi, and, and, and you'll hear people singing songs of worship there just in different languages. You'll go to different sites, and that's what you'll see and hear and experience people from all over the world worshiping Jesus in their language and in their you know unique ways. And it's just, it's really just breathtaking. It's mm. beautiful, right? And it is a picture, I think, of what um, heaven will be like one day. Wow. That is going to be a great day. Mm. For whether, sure. I get to, whether I get there this side of heaven or the yeah. other side. One day I'll get there. You will, so for sure. For I look sure. forward to that. Number four, um, people from all over the world also, and this is probably the saddest thing, ignore Jesus. Yeah. So on the one hand, people from all over the world go to Israel because they want to experience that land where Jesus was, and they mm-hmm. want to learn about the history and the culture and all those different things. And so you have a, a foretaste of, of what heaven will be like with all these believers there worshiping and learning and, and giving honor and glory to Jesus and all those things. But then you have this also this stark reality of people ignoring Jesus. Think about this, Trey. Um, in, in Israel, I, if I remember right, and I could be wrong, I think, think the population is about 6 million for that, that, that small right. country. Yeah. And um, 80% of the Jews who live in that country are what we call secular Jews, not mm. religious whatsoever. Not, Jew, not, not even Jew by birth. Jew by birth. That's it. They, they don't even, you know, uh, live out the Jewish faith, Judaism, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're just there and they're and not necessarily atheists, but some of them may be. Some are agnostic. Well, who knows? They just don't practice any kind of faith. Right, right. In the land where Jesus lived and died and rose again right now, 80% of the people there are not practicing any faith whatsoever. Mm. And then you have people who are practicing the Jewish faith, right? Judaism. And you go to a place like the Western Wall. Mm-hmm. And you know what the Western Wall is, right? right. So the Western Wall is, is the holiest site uh, for the Jewish faith because on the other side of the Western Wall uh, once sat the Temple of God, right? Wow. And so the Western Wall, that's as close as a Jew can get uh, to the Holy of Holies that once stood on the other side of that wall. Because right now, if you were to go... On, on Temple Mount, that's a place of Muslim worship. There's the Dome of the Rock, and that's mm. another story for another day. But so, so for a Jew, a practicing Jew, the closest that person can get to the Holy of Holies that once stood there is to go to that Western Wall and pray at that Western Wall. So the wall was a place that the temple was inside of. Right. Somebody asked me that, and I said, I have no yeah, yeah, idea. that's right, that's right. It that's is not the wall of the temple. No, 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 no. It's See, a retaining wall. A All it is, conf- it's a retaining wall. That's what a lot of people are confused it's, it's, yeah, about, because they in, said, I thought the temple was destroyed. Yeah, it was so, destroyed. It's, yeah. The Western Wall is nothing more than a retaining wall. So in the in the days of Jesus, the Western Wall would have had no spiritual significance. It was just a wall. Right, right. Right? But now, because the temple has been destroyed, and because mm-hmm. you know Jews cannot even go up to a temple mount and worship or practice their faith, that's that's the best they got is a that's wall. That's the closest they. That's the closest get. they can get is a yeah. wall, and 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 on a busy day, thousands of Jewish people go to that wall and pray, wow. and it's heartbreaking. Yeah, because the temple isn't there, and and really the true temple will never be there again because the true never. temple is Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And the true temple, Jesus Christ, dwells within his believers, and now Paul calls us what Trey. The temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the living temple, yeah. right? So so here's the reality, right? People aren't going to find the glory of God at a wall. Mm-hmm. People find the glory of God 
in God's people, the church, who have been indwelt by the Spirit of God. You see what I'm saying? Wow. But they don't know. They're longing for the glory of God, and they go to a wall to find it, and they're completely missing it Mm -hmm. because they have not embraced Jesus as their Messiah. They're ignoring Jesus, right? I guess they're trying to get to God you know, The best this they way. know how. The best and they know how. And it's, it is absolutely worthless. It, and that's the sad reality. Wow. In mm. Israel, in this place, now watch this. This, this, this blows my mind. In this place where um, 80% of the Jewish people who live there are secular and where, you know, um, the, the Jewish people who live there who are practicing Judaism uh, reject Jesus Christ as the true Messiah. In the nation of Israel, only 2% of the population is actually Christian. 2%. Wow. 2% of the population that lives in the land where Jesus lived and died and rose again, only 2% of the people that live there are actually Christian. And then on top of that, you have this growing Muslim population that exists there as well. And, I mean, it's just so eerie. Because we were there, we were there in the Garden of Gethsemane, the place where Jesus prayed and 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 said, "God, you know, not my will be done, but Your will be done." Um, while we were there, reflecting and and praying and meditating on what took place in that in in that particular garden, you could hear the the Muslim call of prayer come from the mosque, and that just that eerie sound of you know just this realization of what took place there in that land, and then how many people reject him now you put that on video yeah it would be i don't know if we can link it or not but some way to link that it's on our facebook yeah, page it is. for, it for is. Uh, northwood yeah, baptist so is. you might want to check that out um but uh, that's just yeah. incredible yeah, to but, think about but that's it man so but there in israel so many rejecting but then again all over the world people are rejecting this messiah that came and lived and died and rose again and what i was so encouraged by while we were there uh, again, we got together every night on our trip and we reflected on the day and debriefed and talked about what we were learning as we were there in the land. And to hear our people just say, man, we really do live in a world of lostness. Wow. I was just really encouraged that, man, maybe what we came back with from our trip with Israel was certainly a greater understanding of the land in which Jesus lived, mm-hmm. but also a greater passion to help people know that there really is a Messiah who, who is for all people who will embrace him as Lord of their lives. Amen. People from all over the world ignore Jesus, and we've been given the responsibility as the temple of God, as his church, to let people know about the hope they can have in Christ. And now we can share that message with people right where we are. We don't have to go to Israel to do that. Absolutely. We can share Jesus with our friends, family, you know. And And that's a good point, Trey, because when we talk about going to Israel, we call it the Holy Land. Yeah. But the reality is there's no such thing as a Holy Land. (laughs) There isn't. Right? There's a such thing as holy people, though. Amen. People who've experienced the grace of God and and who walk by faith. There's no such thing as a holy land, but there sure is such a thing as a holy people, and that's who we are. Amen. Wow, that's powerful, brother. That's powerful. Well, are y'all, just out of curiosity, are y'all ever going to go back? Yeah, I mean, we're, well, I'm, we try to go. I try to go every couple of years, and so we'll go back again, hopefully, Lord willing, in 2022. And, you know, go to our website, northwoodbaptist.com, and over the next few months, there'll be more information there about the trip. If, you know, you're listening and you're in the area and you'd like to go with us, we'd love to take you. Well, Pastor Tommy, thank you so much for this incredible journey with you yeah. to Israel. It's been a blessing. But uh, why don't you just close us out and just uh, 
remind our people how important it is that they follow Christ. Yeah. I know this was a little bit different today because we were talking about a trip that we took here recently, but hopefully it's encouraged you and it's helped you to uh, understand that Jesus really is a, a real person who came in and lived for you and died and rose again, a real person who is also really God. And and again, I, I know that some of you um, might not ever have the opportunity to visit the Holy Land, but you can know uh, that, that, that God loves you. He dwells in you as you follow him and if you never make it to the Holy Land, uh, you can have the assurance that one day you will live forever with him in the new Jerusalem. We hope this has encouraged you today and been a blessing to you. And if it has been an encouragement and a blessing to you, please, like Trey said earlier, share this with a friend. Uh, get the word out for us. Help people to find us on their favorite podcasting service. And always, we hope that today's episode, as always, we hope that today's episode has helped you connect faith to life. <laughs>